You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. talking about the Jimi Hendrix Experience, Electric Ladyland. All right, and in the room I have Rob, Yar. John, Yee. Ben, and Adam. Oh, hey. <laughs> Electric Ladyland is the third and final studio album by the English-American rock band, the Jimi Hendrix Experience, released by Reprise Records in North America and Track Records in the UK, October 16, 1968. The producer was Jimi Hendrix, and the genre is psychedelic rock, hard rock, funk, and blues. And from All Music Review, Kib Coda. Jimi Hendrix's third and final album with the original experience found him taking his funk and psychedelic sounds to the absolute limit. The result was not only one of the best rock albums of the era, but also Hendrix's original musical vision to its absolute apex. When revisionist rock critics referred to him as the maker of the generation's mightiest dope music, this is the album they are referring to. But Electric Ladyland is so much more than just background music for chemical intake. Hendrix had a real vision of soundscapes in his music, experimenting with odd mic techniques, echo, backwards tape, flanging, and coursing, all new techniques at the time, at least the way they were used here. What Hendrix sonically achieved on this record expanded the concept of what could be gotten out of a modern recording studio in much the same manner as Phil Spector had done a decade before with his wall of sound. The songs speak for themselves. Crosstown Traffic, his reinterpretation of Bob Dylan's All Along the Watchtower, Burning the Midnight Lamp, the spacey 1983, A Merman I Should Turn to Be, and Voodoo Child, Slight Return, a landmark in Hendrix's playing. With this double set, Hendrix once again pushed the concept album to new horizons. All right, what did we think of Electric Ladyland? Meh. <laughs> Honestly. Like, uh, I, I hate that he died so young. And I hate that he had a three-record deal, like, to be pushed through in two years. Um, And this giant fucking record had a lot more downs for me than ups. And it it stinks that he didn't get to be around to put out some more shit, but, like, goddammit, like, comparing this to Are You Experienced, it's fucking, 
this wouldn't even pop up on like a, a a top anything had he not died. Personal opinion, like I, I think that like his death actually was a catalyst for this to even be like in this book. Yes, there are some great songs. I I do I'm not negating that, but as an entire record, absolutely fucking not. Not for me, at least. This is his last album with the experience, but it's not his last album. Yeah, but it's kind of its last album. Well, and I think it might be that Rob doesn't like to get real stoned. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that has a bit of influence to it because there are solid, more or less undeniable, great songs on here. But there are only three or four, whereas the remainder are sort of spacey grooves and some other funky stuff that really kind of lends itself to getting real, real stone. But even some of the out there shit I'm into. So you like 1983, A Mere Man, Should I Be? I Absolutely, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I just didn't know, because um, that's a stoner classic. That's like... Yeah. But, you know, then House Burning Down, no. Mm, no. Like, yeah. it, it, it's so it's so hit or miss, like, comparatively, like, it, it's... It, Throwing everything in and the kitchen sink on this, it could have been trimmed down to a fucking masterpiece. There's a lot of thin gravy on here. I, I definitely agree that like there needed to be. Some I disagree editing. with that. I do think there are a couple tracks that definitely it, it could have gone either way, but I feel like. You can't just have a three-side album. But you could have a really good two-side no, 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 no. no, man. I agree with Birch. Well, <laughs> but you need... I mean, I appreciate Voodoo Child, which is 15 minutes. If you mm-hmm, want a 15-minute mm-hmm. song, that's how you do a jammed 15-minute song. I mean, I'm not a, bit, a huge fan of jamming, but you got Hendrix. <laughs> you yeah, got yeah, Steve yeah. Winwood. Steve yeah. Winwood! <laughs> I, you're fucking with me. I'm also not a huge fan of jamming, uh, and I wasn't familiar with Voodoo Child, the 15 minute track, until until this week. Uh, but I think it belongs on the record. I don't think yeah. you can cut it. Yeah. I th- I think that uh, there's enough good stuff happening in that 15 minutes that it has earned its spot on the record. Now. If this I, is a I record, want, that's I want. That, you, I want to reintroduce this to you when Emerson, Lake, and Palmer pops up. I, I want. I, I want to bring this back up because. Oh, okay. Th- this is. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the, some of the fucking prog shit that's gonna be coming down the pipe. I don't think you're gonna feel the same way about it. Well, and, I probably won't because it's an entirely different style of music. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not, apples and oranges. It's not Hendrix playing. It's not. Yeah. He- it's not Hendrix playing uh, like a fucking Chicago blues mixed with science fiction. Uh, I like I said, I'm not hugely into jams. I think that Voodoo Child is an important recording. Uh, vo- or sorry, Voodoo Child. Yeah, um, it's, I believe it says Voodoo Chili here. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe my copy's wrong. Chile, and it's 15 minutes long. Uh, so if this is if this is going to be not a double album, that's one side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so that being said, if you think if we think that Voodoo Child belongs, and if we think that this belo- if this should be a a single album as opposed to a double album, I guess pick three other songs and cut the rest. It's hard to do. Yeah. You can cut Rainy Day, Dream Away. I think they're trying to make a big, long album. Yeah. Uh, I will say that, like, like, I was certainly very into Jimi Hendrix as a teenager, uh, you know, learning how to play guitar. He's the guy that you just, you can't deny his skill. You just can't deny that this guy does something to a guitar that just sounds better than most people. And but that being said, I remember I have this record like a beat up copy on vinyl, and I, yeah, I mean I could I would check out sometimes listening to it, 
Um, it's it's long. It's a long album, but any yeah. album this long or albums, uh, that's just gonna happen. There's no nobody. But, no, but I London Calling. I disagree. Yeah. Okay. There, London Calling. There are like, some great examples of double records okay. where you don't fucking check out. And the, London Calling is the only one that that I, I've. I've thought of that one before as well, but like I can't think of any others. But. I don't think it's that long though. It's not this long. Seventy minutes. This is seventy-five. Is this is seventy-five. So that's long. So, so that's pretty close. close. But yeah. uh, anyway, I I think the real thing that I hear when I'm listening to this record is I, I I again think back to what has mostly been happening at this time and just how much better Jimi Hendrix is than most of those people. Like <laughs> uh, I think the thing that makes him stand out, and I wasn't here for when you did. I th- was Axis Bulldog? Yeah, mm-hmm. that yeah, was the last love. one. Yeah. Okay, that, I wasn't here for that episode. Or, uh, but, like, um, he, you know, he just does it all. Like, I love his singing voice. I also love his falsetto singing voice. His guitar is great. He can write a song. He can cover a Bob Dylan song and make it better. Like, mm-hmm. uh, this, this guy could do it all. He had charisma, style, um, and sometimes he just went off because... Like that's his personality, and like this this group, that's what they did, yeah. and and it's like, it's not my favorite thing to hear these fifteen minute drawn out versions, but it doesn't sound that bad either. Nope. <laughs> yeah, like, I think it's you just when you hear someone who's who's that good, you can forgive him a little bit, and and just kind of just let him do his thing, and just say you're in the presence of greatness to All some right. extent. Well. Question yeah. for the group on that point: Do you yeah. think had he not been signed to that three-year or that three-record contract deal that he was stuck in, do you think he may have like sat around, thought a little bit more, and made I some think, better tunes? I think the second album he probably would have paused, but he probably still would have made a double album like this. It might okay. not have yeah. these particular tracks, but. I think he still he dreamed big. You yeah, know I what I mean? Like, fifteen minute if song because you didn't want. If to. he was that concerned about fulfilling a three record deal, he, he wouldn't have made a double album. Yeah, that's that's how I see it. He would have just shit out a bunch of short songs that were just like blah blah blah, and instead of doing these like these seem like passionate songs, they're just like a little out there and a little weird, and at times they're overly ambitious, maybe. But like, this is what he, I think he wanted to do this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it yeah, sounds not to me. say that. I mean, there's a couple songs on here. I, like you were saying before, "Rainy Day," "Dream Away." I mean, the first one, but then it comes back in, and he does right, it's still, still raining, dream, still, still dreaming. dreaming. Yeah. So let's let's talk. Let, weird. Let's talk about that because now we're talking about sequencing. Yeah, mm. sequencing, especially on a double album, if you don't want to drift off at any point, sequencing is important. And most people listen to this album in the wrong order. Because it was put on CD in the wrong order. Mm. Uh, this is uh, the way they used to do uh, the sides on a on a two vinyl disc set. They put it to where if you had one of those uh, like automatically loading record players that dropped oh. the records, they would put it to where you only had to flip the stack of two once. So side one is backed with side four. Side two is backed with side three. So you play it like drops side one, side one plays. It drops the next record, side two plays. You flip the whole thing, side three plays, and then side four plays. But when they moved it to CD, they didn't consider that. Here, I've got a diagram here. (laughs) It starts out with side one, and then with still raining, still dreaming. Now you're listening to side four. And then it goes back to side two with Little Miss Strange. 
and then it closes wow. with side three, which is why on the CD, Still Raining, Still Dreaming comes like 10 songs before Rainy Day Dream Away. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Fucking nuts. Yeah. I thought that was oh, really strange too. Great observation. The, the other crazy thing is side four, so you've already listened to, you know, the whole album essentially, and then it's all along the watchtower. And then that's after that, is Voodoo Child Reprise, yeah. Slight Return. Yeah. And that's, the, that's the how he version. intended it to close. Yeah. yeah. But that's what we, that's what we hear at the end of side uh, of the end of CD one if yeah. we're listening to it on CD. Some kind of way out of here Said a joker to the thief There's too much confusion I can't get no relief Businessman there Drink my wine Plowman dig my earth None will level Obviously, you know all along the Watchtower, as you just pointed out, Bob Dylan was a huge fan of. He was just like, Jimmy's he, Jimmy's got it. He I mean, considered it Jimmy's song. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. And it's really encouraging for the an original artist to sit there and be like, you know what? You're better. You did it better. I mean, that's incredible. Also, obviously everyone's favorite voodoo child. Uh, can we just talk about the iconic line that I've all that has always resonated with me throughout time. I stand up next to a mountain and chop it down with the edge of my hand. Are you kidding me? One of the greatest lines I've ever heard in any song. He's a voodoo child. Yes. Well, I mean, it's, it is in that sort of vein of, Supernatural blues boasting. The, the blues, yeah. that's the a blues brag. Solid brag. That's that is, like, that is yeah. such an iconic line. I like. I have not heard this song since I was a teenager, uh, and I, I definitely listen to this a lot. Like I, I remember playing with my buddy, who's like the the solo guitar player. Like he would always he would like learn all these songs, and I would just play rhythm guitar so he could solo. It's cool, you know. But the second I saw this in the track listing. I immediately thought of that line. I was like, that's one of the coolest lyrics. That's Do you want to know? Like, I don't, I don't even know what it can be compared to. Like, I, I think maybe I'm a streetwalking cheetah with a heart full of napalm. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Like, that, that's the only, like, just it's, pure there's, badass there's, boast. Yeah. Like, there's a long tradition of, I the, love blue, of the blues brag. Yeah. The blues brag song. It, like, the blues brag song has been long, around as long as blues. But... Talking about karate chopping a mountain down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that's, like it's, that's the it's ultimate. Just like taking it so much further. I love it. So the UK single of that song has uh, Jimmy on the cover of it, and the words to that verse uh, printed on it. Ledge, ledge. They totally neuter the power of it by saying, "I chop it down with the ledge of my hand." With the ledge of my, my hand. My hand's ledge. There's it's, a ledge on my whoa. hand. It's where all the little gnomes can see. And it's where I chop it on the ledge of my hand. Yes, yeah, sweet. <laughs> I'd like to go to a British doctor and be like, I injured the ledge of my hand. Wow. <laughs> go to like a, yeah, like, hey. Push to uh, off the ledge. 
Hey, knife smith, can you fix the... the I, I just really fucked up the ledge of my knife. <laughs> yeah, my, my knife ledge is real dull. Leave it on the ledge! <laughs> <laughs> I would rather listen to living on the ledge. Living on the ledge. <laughs> oh, Sounds man. quite comfy. Right, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it Britishizes it. It yeah. really does. It's like, oh... He's living on the ledge. Uh, if it was really British, you'd be chopping down with the hedge of his head. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I also wanted to mention Joe Satriani, uh, who I know. The Joe Satriani. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Joey the ass? Yeah. He had a great quote uh, about Voodoo Child. It's just the... It's just the greatest piece of electric guitar work ever recorded. In fact, the whole song could be considered the holy grail of guitar expression and technique. It is a beacon of humanity. Oh, wow. Is he talking Child. about uh, Slight Return or, or... He's talking about Slight Return. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. That's such a nice... Uh, what a nice thing to say. Yeah. He was notorious for recording take after take after take. And I think that's one of the reasons he was the producer on this album is because... He he's just like, I know what I want. <laughs> he, he was like, I know what I want, and I think it, he was difficult to work, you know, work with uh, with uh, Chaz Chandler. Chaz Chandler dissolved their professional yeah. relationship. It, uh, it, I read that Jimmy had a habit of in, inviting... Party guests? Party guests. Yes. And Chaz Chandler was used to more of a work environment... And he was kind of like, well, if it's going to be a party environment, you can like, I'm not, I'm not going to be yeah. doing this professionally. Yeah. So Jimmy recorded it, and uh, it sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I love Chance Chad, Chad Chandler. Nothing against him, uh, but you know, they just had they had a professional difference. You know, like a, a I don't know what you call it, Prof- professional disagreement. Disagreement. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing that I've heard uh, other producers talk about is uh, the acts that they really want to work with. But then um, I can't remember who it was, but uh, one of the producers we worked with uh, was discussing a band and saying, like, I, I really wanted to work with them. But I basically worked out with their management that if I was going to do the record, I just didn't want to deal with their drug bullshit. Like mm-hmm. the whole time, I'd like they have to be there at this time, or you're know, like, and I'm just ready to bail at any time and just not do it. And so they they had to have like some sort of sitter, you know, where mm-hmm. it's basically like you, we will be here to take care of you. And it's just crazy. I mean, like it's it's amazing how many groups have these the opportunity to make. Uh, I mean, Jimmy, whatever he's on top of the world, like mm-hmm. to some extent. Uh, but uh, people. People just throw throw that away for short term, you know. Let's. Just, I just want to party right now. Fuck, I want to live forever. Fuck this record. You know? <laughs> I, oh, I, I I just got fucking ten thousand dollars. I'm gonna live forever. Like yeah. I can do let's, this again. Yeah. Let's see how fast I can spend it. Well, you know, like in the production of this record, whether who was right or wrong, whether whether Chaz Chandler's process is right and Jimmy's is wrong, or Jimmy's process is right, Chaz is wrong. Uh, who knows? They both they both have produce good records under their their name uh but like uh like the the 15 minute voodoo child uh like the studio jam that was one of the instances i think that one sent noel redding out uh because jimmy jimmy shows up with with like this whole posse uh because there's there's uh applause after the solos on that song like steve winwood will take a solo and then there's like you can hear 10 people be like yeah 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 uh 
That track was recorded at 7 a.m. I don't think that everyone set their alarms and woke up really early to get to the studio at 7 a.m. Yeah, I think, that's I think that something. that was recorded, you know, at the end of a night out, you know, like. Yeah. I'm not necessarily sure that the applause was original. Not it, put it, in. It, well, it wasn't recorded live, but it was recorded in the same session. Those people were there. It just it wasn't rec- it was like the the tr- the track was recorded at 7 a.m. and the applause was recorded at 8 a.m. that we only have this much Jimi Hendrix to fucking dissect. Um, and it, 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 just, the, it, it bums me out that, that there's not more and that it, it's such a, there's so much shit in here that could have been put down to one or two like sides and been absolutely fucking phenomenal. But like, it, it's too meandering for me to give it a fucking like absolute like, Hey, yeah. like, because honestly, like, fucking get the best of, because that shit will blow your fucking mind. Yeah. Um, uh, and and still, like, even even outside of that, like, when you're trying to, like, I'm gonna make you a mixtape. I'm gonna blow your mind with some fucking Jimi Hendrix. There's not very much on this that you could put on that wouldn't be ten minutes long. That you'd be like, oh, this is Jimi Hendrix. Oh, that's fucking crazy. Like, there's nothing on this, like, B-side wise that I would be like, oh, yeah, you've never heard Jimi Hendrix until you've heard this 12-minute fucking... B-side n- bangers. Noodle, noodle thing. Yeah. Like, and and for fucking four sides, there should be a decent amount, and there's not. Like, compared yeah. to the fucking bangers, I, I, I can't... I can't give this a thumb, like a, a, a full on thumbs up. For okay, me. sorry, sorry for interrupting your. Huh? How are we feeling about it? <laughs> no, that's fine. That's good. I'm gonna give it a total positive. It's just, I think it's an amazing record. Good concept. Uh, so many good songs, and I, I think I've said before, I'm kind of a, a fan of the blues, and Jimi Hendrix definitely represents something that is deep down kind of a dark blues that he brings out in some of his other music, including like the original 15 minute voodoo child where you go into these low introspective uh, melodies and then he brings it back up in solos and things like that. That hasn't been seen in, you know, it's seen in traditional blues like lead belly, but you have to put it in there in your mind because they, they get the two minute song out there and you have to sort of put yourself into the dark place that they've gone to produce a sort of like poppy 
I'm not gonna say a pop song, but you know what I'm saying. It's like they get it out there. It's two minutes. Uh, Robert Johnson songs, things like that, where he's talking about selling his soul to the devil. Whereas when you listen to those long, almost uh, some ambient, some some not kick out the jam songs of Jimi Hendrix, I get the sense of those dark blues that come in and at the same time having those melodies in a traditional blues song. So I don't know if I explained that very well. Or yeah, absolutely. Like a, yeah. But that is something that to me is really fascinating because we have BB King, we have Muddy Waters and stuff like that, but and they have sad songs, but it doesn't go into a place that I feel is like an empty space that he then personifies people like the velvet underground got there you know where it's this almost void of of uh melodies and things and then he comes back out and brings it into a traditional blues style well anyway. question, question for you like is is it just that jimmy was such a virtuoso yes. that like he was able to fucking like do all this shit yeah he had he uh, to me, he almost represents something on like another level. He's an evolution in terms of like blues music. We heard all the blues breaker. We heard the Yardbirds. We heard all that stuff, and he is so far above them. It's on another planet, you Arch, know. That's what, exactly what, what is he? Gonna... He's so doing. why the fuck wasn't there a cool jump off? Like there will died. be. There will be oh, once. There? Yes. Do you promise? Yeah. <laughs> I've been in the dark place here for a minute. I know you have. I know you have. You've been in that, that Jimi Hendrix dark place. So I was trying to think about like how I would categorize this record because it's not my favorite of his albums because I tend to like um, more concise uh, records. But then I just found myself thinking, damn, this guy, like he just, he's got it. You know, like, and, I, have it. and it's just, you know, yeah, it's just, it was, it's impossible not to notice his skill and his, um, and his delivery. And then I found myself thinking about this record, like, well, you know, okay, from a fan perspective, you know, it just like, he can really play. It sounds great from a writer perspective. Yes. I would have done things differently, but then I think about it as like, but if I could play guitar like Jimi Hendrix, I probably would have wanted to explore that a little more, you know? And so I just kept thinking about it and being like, no, I, this, I think this is, I think the team made the record they wanted to make and we're very lucky to get to hear it. And even though maybe I would have cut some songs to make it ideal in my mind, uh, you know, or if I, if, you know, if I wanted to edit it down to like, you know, how people do that just as an exercise. Yeah. Um, maybe I would have done it differently, but like, I just think, like you were saying with the blues breakers and all that, he's just so far above them in terms of not just talent, but artistry. Like, I think that's the thing that I think that's the word that I that really stuck out for me is that like Jimi Hendrix was like an artist. There was a bunch of these guys whose records have come on here that like are a capable technician who can do an imitation of something. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> what? Clapton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 No, but like the there's. I think it really matters to me. A and it's, capable technician facilitate an ability. It's like this. It's like it's like you know. It's like Jimi Hendrix is the guy who like you know invents the next you know the 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 car that's like you know powered by good vibes. But like you know, but like 
you know, Eric Clapton knows how to work on the previous model of the car. <laughs> and it's just, it's just, a, it, 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 the next levelness just shines in a way that like, even when it's going too long, he still sounds good. He's still got so much charisma. It's just style at a certain point. Yeah. And, what do you think? Positive? I, I, so yeah, I guess what I was trying to say was I, I, I do put it in the positive, yeah. even though, even though like, it's not like a 100%, it's not like, you know, that Os Mutantes record for me where it's just like, perfect you know but yeah. i'm gonna give it a positive i agree with rob there's like a lot of fat that could be trimmed but if you look at this album as sort of like the blu-ray extras it's like okay well we've all heard voodoo child but how did it sort of develop and where were the themes kind of played out well a voodoo child lays it out and and expands it and shows you all the the stuff that got left on the cutting room floor a little bit and it's it's kind of nice to see, you know, you you see how much there is and and where it could go if you if you wanted to see it. But you can also just rock out to Voodoo Child. It was literally not left on the cutting room floor. Right. It was pressed to the album. <laughs> right. I mean, and that's what, what I mean by it is it is not it is not cut in the sense that we would. It's not a chopped version of it. It is the. the it's not the reprise. Exactly. I kind of appreciate it's, it's the grandma's both. kitchen version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have, I don't think I don't know if that's ever happened in another album where it's like, here's the extended what I would do live, and here is the, like, banger, you know, song. Yeah, but it's, it's almost, I mean, but it's more than that, too. It's like, here's the, here's the ingredients, yeah. you know, and, and here's how they look, you know, and they're beautiful on their own. Like, I got good eggs, I got good flour, I got all this. But then it's like, but I've made this awesome sandwich over here, and it's delicious, and you can eat it right now. It's that difference between the two. Voodoo Put Child. eggs and flour on your sandwich? Well, you got to make the bread. You got to make the bread. You got to okay. start way okay. back in the beginning. That's what I'm saying. Voodoo Child is the very fucking beginning. He's like, first buy a chicken. Yeah. And then Voodoo Child is like, BLT, done. Out the door. Okay. No, no. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I'm giving I'm giving the record a positive. I, I had something to say about a uh, uh, vo- slight return in Voodoo Child, but at the moment I can't remember what it was. I'm sure it wasn't important. Uh, I think it's important that both are on the record. Uh, I like seeing the creative process. Oh, I remember what it was. So slight return was recorded with you know uh, uh, Noel Redding and Mitch Mitchell like two days after uh, the 15 minute Voodoo Child, and it's cool to see like that from in like roughly 48 hours to see the to be able to like carbon date the evolution of a concept like this is what this is what i was thinking on wednesday and this is what i was thinking on friday it's i think it's i think that both both cuts are essential to the record and with one of them being 15 minutes long it kind of means that it sort of needs to be a double album uh if if a if a three-sided album was a thing i think that this could probably be a really tight three-sided album but i don't think that you could cut enough fat to make it a single album all right talked long enough next time we'll be talking about leonard cohen songs of leonard cohen Say, can you see it's really such a mess? Every inch of her is a fighting mess. Giant pencil and lipstick tube shaped things continue to rain and cause screaming pain and the Arctic stains from silver blue to bloody red as a big fine descent.